Welcome to Ask the Therapist, the Resilience Series. Over the next 12 weeks, I'll be releasing an episode every fortnight focusing on how to build resilience. Each episode will focus on one of the six steps outlined in my free download, which is available on the website, sarahdreese.co.uk, which is called The Six Steps to Resilience. I'm your host, Sarah Reese, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist with over 20 years experience in the field of mental health. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask the Therapist. I hope you enjoyed my last episode where I was interviewed by CBT therapist and trainer Martina Witter for her podcast, which is called Rivers to Resilience and an excellent podcast it is, by the way. When I was recording that and we were talking a lot about resilience, it really got me thinking about the free guide that I've had as a downloadable freebie on my website since when I checked 2018, so a few years ago now. This was called How to Build Emotional Resilience, where I include the six steps that I generally go through with most of my clients. Of course, everybody is very individual, but I put together the key things that I go through most often in therapy. Well, I realised it's time for an update, so I've updated this guide and it's now called Six Steps to Resilience. So if you go over to my website, there's a link at the top of the homepage where you can download it. You will then be added to my email list and I send out an email every Friday. But of course, you can unsubscribe to this if you are overwhelmed with emails. I'm never offended. In the guide, I show you how to build a resilient psychological foundation so that you can feel calmer, in control and focus on living a fulfilled and contented life because we all need a bit of that now, don't we? So as you know, I've worked in mental health for many years. I'm the ultimate self-care junkie. I read and digest far too much of it. I have faced my own challenges like we all have along the way. I have done my work on myself and there are core things that I think everyone can really benefit from. So I've brought these basics together of what helps me the most and my clients. So if you're listening, you are likely also a lover of all things self-help and either want to improve things or just want to be the best you can, which is always my goal. And like everything else, the more we work we put in, the better the results are. You may not have had therapy yet, or maybe you are considering it, or maybe you just want to get some basic mental health strategies in place. Then you can get a head start with putting these steps in place if you decide to go on to therapy. And if you don't want to download the guide, then you don't need to. I'm going to go through each step over the next few weeks in this podcast series all about resilience. So for the next few weeks, the episodes will be a little shorter, but they're going to be fortnightly and hopefully really useful and impactful for you. I'd love to hear how you get on, so do let me know. In this episode, I'm going to go through what I mean when I talk about resilience and step one, which is about getting basics right. The other steps which I will go through in the next episodes are step two, starting a journal, the benefits, blocks and creating a good habit. The next step, which is know your stress anchors, which are the key things you should have in place to manage your stress. In the next episode, I'll go through practice and developing being more self-compassionate, then having a mindfulness practice. And the last step is around developing a gratitude practice and why this is important. What I'm going to go through over this podcast series is not going to sound like rocket science, and I'm sure that you've heard most of it before, but that's because it works. 
And the more time you invest in practicing each step, you will see a dramatic improvement in how you feel, how resilient you are, and how you cope with just the everyday challenges, which might currently be overwhelming. With mental health strategies, it never has to be complicated. Honestly, the magic is in the slowing down, consistency and simplicity. Little and often, slow and steady always wins the race. We can strive for the secret strategy or the big quick fixes, but I'll let you into a secret. There is no magic fix. Good therapy is about working together with your therapist to create really good awareness of your mind, get a really clear understanding of the patterns of your thinking, feeling and the things you do. And once you're aware of those patterns, it's about altering, switching, changing, small changes to make those patterns work for you. Many people think that there is a secret code, especially when they come for CBT, and that if it's unlocked or they just know this one thing, you're going to be free from distress and untouched by the challenges that life will throw at you. But the reality is that life is really tough and we have to learn to weather the storm and ride the waves of it. Good mental health and psychological resilience is not rocket science, however, it is often neglected. But when we get the foundations of psychological resilience right, it means that we can move forward onto the more challenging areas of therapy and go deeper into the work when it's required. Our minds are the most valuable and precious resources that we have. Within it, we experience every moment of life. We depend on it to perform constantly and always at its absolute best. Yet, we spend so little time looking after our minds in the way it deserves. Our minds and stress levels are an integral part of our physical well-being too. So it's a fact that if you care for your mind, you'll also improve your physical health and vice versa. And this is grounded in evidence in the science. A myth about therapy is that you have to be absolute worse or in a really bad place before you can come to therapy. However, coming to therapy when you're feeling okay, when you've got the basics right and you're resilient means that you can do the tough work. And it can be a really useful place to be when you're fe actually feeling okay. Maybe you've been through some difficulty and you want to reflect on it and make sure that you don't fall into the same patterns again. But really getting the foundations of resilience right can put you in a great place for starting therapy. So if you start putting and implementing these six strategies in place into your life, you're going to be in a, a great position to start therapy. So now I'm going to look at what it means to be psychologically resilient. We've already touched on a few different areas, but being psychologically resilient is the ability to adapt and bounce back when something difficult happens in our lives. More resilient people are able to roll with the punches that life throws at them. They're able to adapt to adversity without lasting difficulties, while less resilient people find it harder to cope with stress and change. So resilience is also grounded in the narrative and the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. Just think for a moment, what story do you tell yourself moment to moment, day to day? Things I often hear from people in clinic are that I'm not good enough. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm never going to be happy. I'm not a confident person. If they only knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. These are just a few of the things I hear day to day. Often we would never speak to somebody else in the way we talk to ourselves. Feeling in control and emotionally resilient is not fashionable either. Within our cultures today, 
it's actually fashionable to be really busy, really overwhelmed, constantly having a go at ourselves. This way of being has become the social norm and we actually feel guilty and unproductive if we slow down, take care of ourselves or if we start being nice to ourselves. It can actually trigger us to be more self-critical and this means that rather than when we slow down or take a day off, rather than it being restorative, downtime further increases our stress levels. I recently heard this story. So there was a monk who was visiting New York and he had one day to see the city. So he hired a tour guide and they went to see all the sites of New York. They needed to get from one end of the city to the other. And the guide said, I know if we take the subway, we can save ourselves 10 minutes and be there even quicker. When they had done their journey, they came back up to the city from the subway and the monk headed over to a bench and sat down. And the tall guy seemed confused and said, our next landmark is just over there. What are you doing? Are you coming? And the monk replied, I'm just enjoying and savouring the 10 minutes we've just saved. Just think about that for a moment. We are constantly filling our times. And if we save any time, we absolutely fill it. Often this is to avoid feeling guilty, beating ourselves up or feeling lazy, but it's really not sustainable long term. What about we started savouring those moments that we save? Think about athletes and how they train to perform at their best. Their downtime or rest periods are equally as important as their training because if they don't rest, they will suffer an injury. In exactly the same way, unless we take care of our psychological well-being, our minds and our bodies become injured or unhealthy. It really needs to be a cultural change where we start to begin to value our downtime. We need to slow down, take time off, and start doing less, not more. And there's this saying that we often see on Instagram and on social media, be the change you want to see in the world. It all starts with us. If we make a small change, we begin to model better behaviour for everybody else. So when you care for you, you're often having a huge impact on everybody else around you. This is a mindset shift we all need to address before any positive changes can happen. If you are not feeling resilient, happy or in control, then something is already out of balance and your mind could be giving you some alarm signals. But often we wait until things get completely out of control and unmanageable. And I do this every single day. I'm still guilty of not taking time for myself. I'm getting better, but work in process like we all are. So if you start going through all the steps in the guide, if you go over and download it now and you think, right, I've got to be journaling, I've got to be meditating, I've got to be focusing on my inner talk, on top of already feeling overwhelmed and stressed, you're possibly going to drive yourself into the ground further. Something needs to change first. And that change is often about taking some space and slowing yourself down. Take some space for your mind. I often ask clients to go to their diaries and start marking out time for themselves. So get your pen and head over to your diary and start crossing out some space to give yourself some white space in your diary. And then you can start getting these basics right. So let's move on to what the basics are. So these basics, again, they're not rocket science. You will know what I'm going to go through, but it's good to have reminders at times. So I think sleep, well, I know sleep is one of the complete pillars of physical and mental health. 
So we need between eight and nine hours sleep a night. And people who say, I can manage a full five, six hours sleep, you're kidding yourself. It's not sustainable. It's not good for your physical or mental health. We all need between eight and nine hours of sleep a night. And to get that, we generally need two hours wind down time before we hit the pillow. We need to keep alcohol to an absolute minimum, caffeine, two to three cups a day and before midday. Otherwise, that's going to impact on our sleep. We need to connect daily face to face. Connection is not always on social media or on text. We need to see people face to face, people that we care about, people that make us laugh on a daily basis. And I actually think with working from home and lockdowns and everything the pandemic's brought, this seems like such an obvious thing, but I can go days now without seeing somebody face to face. Luckily, I have two little dogs that get me out walking, so I do connect with people. But if you're not doing that, we need to get it scheduled in. I think we need to laugh every single day because this is a very antidepressant activity and we need to increase our daily antidepressant activities like laughing, having fun, enjoying ourselves. They release serotonin and all the good feel-good chemicals into our brain. One of the key ways that we get resilience as well is to do something new. So I think we need to do something new, push ourselves out of our comfort zone every single week. The extreme is popping ourselves in an ice bath every single day. That's a bit far for me, but maybe I'll get there one day. But I think we kind of get very comfortable in our worlds. Often, you know, we're very lucky and our worlds are very comfortable, but they were never meant to be this comfortable. So to build good resilience, we need to push our boundaries, pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones and doing something that scares us and pushes us, stretches us every week. We need to exercise at least three to four times a week. Again, that gets all the chemicals going in your body, releases the endorphins. And majorly, we need to eat our greens Food is the fuel that nourishes your body, but also nourishes your mind. 90% of serotonin is made in your gut. We know there's a gut-brain link. If you're not nourishing your body and hydrating your body, your brain can't do its thing. Ask yourself every day, what do you need today? What do you need for your well-being, your physical and mental well-being? They're completely connected. What do you need? There's one question I think I ask most of my clients every single session until one day I hear them say to themselves, I asked myself, what did I need? What do I need? So I ask them in the hope that they start asking themselves. And lastly, I'm going to repeat myself, but it's hugely important to have downtime as a staple in your life. See yourself as an athlete who is going for gold. If you don't give yourself any rest days, you'll ultimately end up injured. And it's just the same in life. Having time for yourself and investing in your well-being, you will reap the rewards, I guarantee you. So thank you for listening. And on a side note, I am going to start answering listeners' questions. So I've had a couple in already. I have had one about sleep. So I've briefly mentioned about sleep, but it's a question that comes up time and time again. So I think it deserves its own mini episode, which I will be recording in the next few weeks. I'd love for you to get 
in touch with me let me know what questions you have and I'll answer them on the podcast and give you a shout out if you're happy for me to do that so you can either send me an email complete a contact form on my website which is sarahdreese.co.uk or I'm on Instagram at sarahdreese thanks for listening to Ask a Therapist the resilience series Don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast and share your favourite episodes on social media using the hashtag AskTheTherapist. This episode was written and presented by me, Sarah Rees, edited by Big Tech Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.